Hello, hello, welcome to the Anime Ichiban Podcast, Goomba Stomp's dedicated anime podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Ponte, back after taking a slight hiatus for a week. We are back on schedule along with our two lovely co-hosts, Harry Morris. Yeah. Say hi to you. Yeah. Hey, and hey, everyone. Kyle Rogish Show. Slight hiatus, a slightus, if you will. A, a slight a slightus, yeah, I guess. It's yeah, hiatuses are always at least for a full season, aren't they? It's never just like we're gonna we're gonna go off for like half a season. At minimum, yeah. Well, hiatus usually implies something longer, which is why yeah, people yeah, don't well, like I the guess, word. Yeah, I guess a sliatus would just be a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're off our break, and Kyle is twenty five minutes away currently. So our job, mm. my job in particular, is to wake him up. So for that purpose. I have a new opening segment. Opening segment. And you might be at thinking to yourself, but Matthew, you introduce a new opening segment almost every okay. episode. I'm like, yeah, you're right, because I'm trying to figure out what I like and what sticks. So here we have what the new one called Starring Role. So, 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 so. We got Ooh. some anime uh, here, some, some real popular anime that have come out, right? And we're going back in time to when those anime were first entering production. And for whatever reason, we just lose the main character for that particular anime. They just, they just quote unquote, walk off the set. We don't have them anymore. But, but fortunately, we have lots of other very generous creators out there that are willing to lend their characters for that role. So I'm going to give you a list of characters and you will have to choose who to replace with that character. Does that make sense? It'll make more sense when I get into it. Kind yes. of. Sort of. Okay. I, I kind of tuned out a little bit, but I think I've got it. All right. So... To start off, we got, got a nice, nice low ball, easy one. So Deku from My Hero Academia. Horikoshi's like, no, Deku's my boy. He's my light, the light of my life. I will not let an anime studio touch him, but you can have the rest of the series. So now we have My Hero Academia without Deku. We need to replace him. We have a bunch of other creators that are very generous enough to lend us their main characters. So our options are to replace the role of Deku. Rico from Made in Abyss. Kazuma from Konosuba. Or Akko for My Witch Academia. Who who do we who mean, do we shove into the My Hero Academia universe to fill in Deku's uh, shoes for the end? Actually, it's Little Witch Academia. You said My, my Witch Hero Academia. No, whatever. Did I say my, my, witch my, witch my Witch Academia? Look, yes, with like uh, the two series that have Academia in the title, I think I can excuse Matt with mixing them up. Yeah. I can't. I think I think it's I remember when I first joined. Um, Harry was writing about My Hero Academia, and he also wrote a Little Witch Academia piece. And uh, Ricky, our editor-in-chief for the site at the time, was like, Harry, does like every other anime have the word academia in it or something? <laughs> something along those lines. I, I yeah. explicitly remember that conversation. I, I only on. watch anime with academia in the title. It's a weird yep. thing I have. That that or the prefix re. Re is in everything. Re, re colon. Yeah, re colon is in everything. Uh, All right, but anyways, back at the topic of the hand. How, how are we saving my little witch academia heroes? <laughs> I, I feel like it's. I feel like it's only appropriate if I choose Akko now after that time. I mean, like yes, of course the academia stuff, but realistically, out of those, like if you want to keep it, if the goal is to keep it as close to the original as possible, I feel like Akko would be. The is closest. that the goal? I never said that was the goal. <laughs> well, if we're trying to preserve the integrity of the show, I feel like 
Akko would be the best choice because she's got the plucky shonen protag energy. Um, and Rico's just kind of depressing, and then Kazuma's Kazuma. So, you know, that kind of solves itself. Uh, <laughs> if you want the show to like stay as close to original as possible, yeah. Otherwise, the other two options would just kind of make it a different show. <laughs> yeah, I don't see how. I mean, I've I've not seen a who is the second character again. A uh, Kazuma from Konosuba. Right, I've not seen Konosuba, but um, like. Yeah, I, I don't see how they'd fit into the show, whereas at least, at least Akko could vaguely fit in. Mm-hmm. Although, like, yeah. not really, because it's <laughs> mad, mad. Like, like this, what, what if I made a this combo piece stupid, of, of like, Rico and Reg? <laughs> yeah, see, but, but, like, you said you want to try different opening segments. Let's retire this one for next week, <laughs> <laughs> next time. Okay, I got... It, I, I, <laughs> I, I got I got one more. I got one more okay, for you first. Okay, before, okay. Before I do feel, do a few more. I am enjoying it, but okay. All right. So <laughs> next we got uh, Rico from Kill the Kill. She's like, oh, nah. Yeah. I've had enough of dressing in this stupid ass outfit. Get me out of here. So to replace her, we got Saitama from One Punch Man, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan, or Naruto. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, you you could have chosen like Akame from Akamega Kill. No, no, no! I, I, I'm purposely trying to make yeah. these not fit well. Uh, yeah, I could, I could make this way too easy, but I'm make, purposely I mean, making these oddballs. I guess I'd, I'd have to choose Saitama because he would fit in aesthetically with the weirdness and the over-the-top zaniness of Killer Kill. That's fair. But then you'd have to watch Saitama in that outfit. I mean, that, yeah, that, yeah, that that's, a outfit. that's a bonus. <laughs> Has Saitama ever shown up like, like scantily clad, or is he always in his yellow jumpsuit? I can't he's, remember. He's literally, he's naked in episode two of One Punch Man. Oh, okay. Man. Well, there we go. He's, yeah, he's fine. He'll fit in. Exactly. He's fine. <laughs> just so, yeah. solves everything. Just ends the show in the, fir- the first or two, two or so episodes. Oh, Which wouldn't be yeah. great because I love the show and I'd want <laughs> to carry on. But, uh, oh, well. <laughs> you just, and that's when you bring in Naruto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, then we can have loads of filler. Killer, kill filler. Yes. Kill the filler. Filler, 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 what? Fill, fill the kill. Fill the kill. Kill the filler. Kill the filler. I mean, yeah. no, no, sorry. The pun is fill a fill. fill. But you, you both made it way too complicated. <laughs> Wasn't that the president of France? Fill the fill? I don't know. I don't know. That was I don't real, know. Whatever. I don't, I don't live in Europe. I'm, I'm half French, so I should technically know that, but nope. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, good job. You, you saved anime, guys. You saved, you saved two beloved anime Great. by coming in with a pinch hitter. And writing writing in a character when when there was we've ruined these series forever. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, well, that's that. So how it has been? It has been. A, well, I'm awake a, a, now, a Matt. <laughs> so what? There you go. Your opening segment did that? its job. I'm awake now. Oh yeah, good, good, good. That that was the whole that was the whole point. It's just to wake Kyle up. So Hell with yeah. the now awake Kyle, it's been a moment. So how how's things been? What uh, what have you been up to lately? Uh, yeah, I have been working, um, which I think we've all been working, but for me in particular, uh, it's been, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what I want to do with my job. Right. Uh, cause this is the first like real job in the video game industry that I've had. So it's been, it's been a fun couple years, but I think I'm feeling the, uh, the, the limits, 
in the confines of my current role. So I'm just trying to branch out and see what else I can do and how else I can shitpost. And I'll be real, I've been kind of looking at stuff like at Funimation and Crunchyroll just because it's like, all right, well, I like Japanese media and it would also give me an excuse to watch more anime. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because... I think I mentioned on the podcast before how I host a, a monthly anime meetup mm. in Boston where um, people just come together and talk about anime, essentially. And that was on hiatus, an actual hiatus, mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while um, because of COVID, where we couldn't really do in-person mm. things. But with a, in Boston, Massachusetts, the numbers have been pretty good. The oh, vaccination nice. numbers have been good. So we've been comfortable with uh, reinstating the in-person meetups. So we had a, uh, a second, two meetups since then. And in what... One of them, we got two new members who both actually used to work for Crunchyroll. Oh, I didn't ooh. get what I didn't get what they oh, actually did, but yeah, they they used to work for Crunchyroll, and now one of them is actually trying to bring uh, bring up his own uh, manga reading service with like fully licensed titles oh, and things yeah. like that. Nice. So yeah, that's really cool. I'd be interested to pick their pick their brains a little bit more about what their time was like there. I only got to talk to them. For yeah, the industry ooh, is like ooh, popping ooh, off. Get get, get get them on for an interview. <laughs> maybe, maybe if they're up Hell to yeah. it. It's, it's, it's especially topical because it's funny how I hear about this guy that's giving, the, making this like fully licensed manga service right after the whole anime two oh, debacle. Oh, Jesus. God, yeah. I haven't even like looked yeah. into that. And it's been like a, what, a couple, no, like I, a month yeah. or two? I have, yeah, I've not seen anything Well, come thank out God it just died off. Initial. Yeah, I assume it died off. <laughs> Hopefully it died off. I do find it fascinating to think like who are the people doing that? Like like what kind of people try to run these like massive business ideas with no fucking plan? Like um, it, it happens more plans. often than you might think. And it yeah. you know, it, it's just that that's what just, Kickstarter is, right? It's like you, you yeah, see. Yeah, I was about to say you just people. gotta go on Kickstarter yeah. and like at least half of the Kickstarter projects on there are just people like, yeah, I'm just gonna like put out my idea and people will fund it. It's like no, you you need to show like real concrete evidence mm. that you are working towards realizing your idea. Yeah. Um, or an anime tubes case is just like a bunch of people angry at the industry. It's like, no, down with the system. Fun. It's fucking, well, it's, it's interesting to see how different like parts of media can get, I guess, like grifted like that. Just because you can't exactly like I, I don't feel like I've ever seen people that are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna start my own anime studio because it's pretty hard to do that but if you look at stuff you know like indie games right or even with like comics or manga like those are those yeah, have fairly, or board games as or, well, or yeah. board games yeah they have like fairly low barriers of entry so you'll see a lot more shit like that but i can't recall the last time i saw somebody who's like oh i have a great anime idea um please fund it right and they're yeah. not like already a talented like artist or production team really mm-hmm. so I yeah i think for those kinds of things, it's usually like a one-off episode. It's like uh, we we want to right. we want to yeah, produce yeah, yeah. one episode, like one OVA. Here is like our our storyboard for what we have in mind, mm-hmm. and this is purely a creative project. It's a passion project, and it won't sell anywhere. But if you would like to fund us, then we would appreciate. it. And those are usually the ones that that do okay. I I yeah. plan on funding uh, Joe Zija's. Ja- uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses jazz album. Oh, I keep forgetting cool. to do that. But Joe Zija, he's the voice of uh, Claude. Um, but yeah, he's he's doing a jazz album ensemble, uh, mainly saxophone. Oh, um, very nice. The soundtrack and some of the back rewards. If you back 
at the five thousand dollar tier, um, he'll send you one of the saxophones he uses to record. Oh the, my god, that's crazy! Album, which is a pretty that's a pretty sick backer award. I will say, I'm not going to do yeah. that, but yeah, he's got some some good backer awards. I, uh, I just looked it up on Kickstarter. That's a pretty good campaign name: three houses, yeah. four saxes. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, cool. it's a very good campaign. I just like Joe, I just like Joe Zija as well. I just I follow him on Twitter. He's also responded to a few of my tweets nice. as well back when I was writing more regularly because he was also he also did one of the voices in the Cold Steel games. Oh, um, okay. When I was writing about that, he responded. So yeah, he's just, he's just a really cool dude. Harry's also a cool dude. I assume Thank you're a cool you. dude. I haven't met you in person. You might be like an absolute asshole in person, and I'll never know. Yeah, I'm an absolute asshole, and I <laughs> fucking stink, reek. <laughs> tell, tell, tell me, tell me yeah. how how your stinky life has been in the past no, since the last episode. I'm, I'm an absolute gem in person. I'm lovely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been all good. Uh, I, I've got a, a curse right now where I called a curse, my friend. I so I called my friend yesterday, and immediately as I st- started talking to her. Uh, my nose started running profusely <laughs> and it's happened again now as I start up a podcast. I've just been hit with a horrendous cold. So I'm going to disappear in a minute and I'm going to go and like blow my nose um, off, off, uh, I was gonna say off camera, off mic, but, but <laughs> off mic. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so if I sound a bit nasally and disgusting right now, that's why. Uh, but no, I've been all good. Just working, just, uh, just keeping on, keeping on. Um, I got a yeah. PS5, which, which oh. is fun. Uh, oh, so, met- so it didn't turn out to be a scam. It was real. No, it was a, it was a scam. Oh no! <laughs> but I, I managed I managed to get my money back. But I called okay, my local get ga- I, I called my local game shop and they had like a digital a digital one in stock mm-hmm. for the actual retail price. So I was able to get that. So that's awesome. Nice. Uh, so yeah, fun times. Anyways, I'm going to disappear for two minutes. Keep talking, keep recording, but I'm going to disappear for two minutes. Go on hiatus quickly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> slide it is for your nose. Slide my yeah. nose off mic. Cheers. All right. In the meantime, it's, it's funny he mentioned about how his nose run, has been running whenever he talks lately. Because lately when I stream, mm. for whatever reason, like my, no, my nose doesn't run, but it gets really itchy. And so I find myself Scritchy. like just scratching it a little bit um, every now and then. Mm-hmm. She's like, why? Like, not right. Well, maybe when we're talking more on the podcast, I'll get itchy. But just for whatever reason, when I'm streaming lately, it's just like, my nose gets really itchy. See, the more that happens, why? now you're just going to condition yourself to be itchy when you're on stream. Right, yeah, I got, I got to knock that off. Got to knock it off. No one, no one wants to see an itchy nose on stream. Mm. Itch, itchy, itchy. nose. Oh. Itchy, itchy. But yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Um, as well as I went on a vacation to Hawaii. But who cares about that? <laughs> I care. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit. Give me the quick. Yeah, uh, Hawaii, Hawaii was really. Cool. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Give me the Hawaii lights. The, the what? Get it? I said I said highlights, but I mixed. Oh, it. shut up! <laughs> oh, fuck off! <laughs> um, when you have to explain the pun, it's not a good dad joke. I, I thought it was good. <laughs> well, as long as uh, uh, yeah, it. it was the vacation I needed that I didn't even know I needed so badly until I was That's there. Highlights was just being able to surf again because I haven't surfed in over four years. Completely unrelated to the vacation itself, I was drawing a little bit while I was there. And I drew one of my currently favorite VTubers, Alira Pandora, and I tweeted out, uh, tweeted out, and then she retweeted it, which was really cool. I was really happy to get recognition like that. That's awesome. Uh, As she might say, yeah, I, sheesh. Sheesh. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it was just really nice going out every morning, doing some sort of like high activity, either like a hike, swimming, surfing, whatever, coming back in the afternoon and just chilling. It was, it was for. 10 straight days. It was fantastic. I loved it. Then that's came awesome. crashing back to real life. Um, and that's where we are now to give you the real life of the anime pod 
Cast. As Harry said earlier, raw. Raw. Yeah. Raw dog in the podcast. Oh my here, God. Boys. Wow. That's a, that's a line I'd expect from Harry. <laughs> yeah. He's rubbing off on all of us in ways that we oh, expect. Oh, Lord. I say, it's, just, it's just my charm, my charisma. Yeah. <laughs> well, your charisma is letting, letting, me, letting me see some visions, so to speak. You, you guys see, seeing some visions lately or more to more speak like... Here, here's, here's another pun. Here we visions. go. That's not even a pun, really. That was, what do you mean that wasn't a pun? Oh, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Star Wars visions. There we go. Was show, like, it was announced earlier, I, I believe, right? But we were first shown it for the fir- uh, mm. first time mm. a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, so this is something we would have talked about in the last podcast if we had it. It has been, I'd say, a month now, four weeks since the first trailer came out. But it is too big to let pass, even though it has been a while ago. Star Wars Visions has been shown off as a Disney Plus exclusive that will be airing on September 22nd, which, depending on when I get this podcast out, uh, it may already be... No, no, I should have it out like a day before, so... If you want, if you're listening to this podcast right when I post it, you'll it'll be out like tomorrow. Maybe. Oh my god! Wait, it's actually that soon? Oh. Holy shit! September twenty second, twenty. Are they all dropping at the? I assume they're all dropping at the same time. Uh, so I don't have the details on that specifically. I don't know for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is uh, an anthology project on the Star Wars universe that is nine different short uh, short films by seven different anime studios. Those anime studios are Kamikaze Doga, um, Gino Studio, Studio Colorado, Kinema Citrus, which is the studio that did Made in Abyss, Production IG, which needs no introduction, and then the big ones, the big, big ones, which you can immediately tell which ones they are in the trailer. So we got Trigger. <laughs> you see you see that that character with like the, the six arms just whip out in the trailers. <laughs> like, yep, that's, that's uh, Promare right there. And then Science Saru. Mm. Those are those are two of the big ones. And then to show just how big they are. So it's nine short films, seven studios. So Trigger and Science Saru are the ones that are doing two of them. So all the other ones are one, uh, one short film. So Trigger is doing The Twins and the Elder, and Science Saru is doing Akakiri and T0-B1. Oh, okay. I didn't realize Trigger was doing two. I thought it was just twins. Yeah, nope, they're doing nice. two. Um Obviously, the twins one is the one we saw in the trailer. Maybe it'd be really cool because Trigger, like, even though they are super well-known for their bombastic style, like, show to show, um, the aesthetics differ quite a a fair amount. So it'd be cool Mm -hmm. if the Elder has a completely different aesthetic, but it's still very recognizably Trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, It it may even be be that first shot in the trailer now, I think, about like that shriveled old Yoda look like. Maybe that's the Elder. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, so as, as someone who I know has been getting the spark of life lit back into them for the Star Wars franchise, Kyle, so to speak, recently, um, how, how, where, what, what does this announcement or this, this PV make you feel? That's a good way to phrase it. Um, cause I don't know <laughs> if I've ever talked about that explicitly, but yeah, I kind of fell off the Star Wars bandwagon for a while and I like grew up with Star Wars. Um, it's a very important series, um, and world and story to me. Um, and I wasn't a huge fan of the sequels, um, or the prequels really. Um, and I just haven't gotten a huge amount into the media, but what I really like about all of the stuff coming out is that it's just, it's new, right? Um, and new in the sense that you're having different creators, um, with 
and we've talked about this extensively before, but we're just having different viewpoints coming in on material and stories that we're already familiar with and, and, and a vibe that we're already familiar with. So having all of these Japanese uh, creators coming in, instilling their own very distinctly both personal and cultural uh, flavor on everything, uh, even though it is all like shorts and stuff like that, um, what I really love about seeing OVAs and stuff is just how it's very unexpected. Right. And it's like you can you can get an idea of what they're going to do. Right. Like I can already tell like what the twins is going to be about, but I can't wait to see like somebody riding a Death Star and having giant lightsaber fights like while they're riding it like a surfboard. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, no, I'm down with that. The only thing that I'm see, like I'm personally very excited about all of this um, and I'm excited for other people to get exposed to this, especially people that aren't necessarily into anime or don't really like it at all um just because we're starting to see a shift in a bunch of different uh just companies and fields and i'm already seeing this you know from the xbox side but the fact that we're getting games like tales of arise and scarlet nexus being very heavily advertised on the main like marketing feeds is really cool to see and it just shows that there is a very distinct market for Japanese media. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. I, I, th- yeah. I think for, for me, I I hated the Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was such a bland, uninteresting Star Wars film that very much just kind of like I didn't even watch that was that trilogy. was the last one. The, the, yeah, I didn't even watch one, that one. one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't see the second one. <laughs> I, I thought the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi were fine, but mm-hmm. like um like the the third one was just like just so fucking bad. Um the point when I really just thought, oh fuck you, was it was it was at the end when like they, they win, spoiler alert, they win. Um and like <laughs> it's showing like this little compilation of people celebrating and it shows the Ewoks for a shot. And they weren't in the fucking Wouldn't film. they show the Ewoks? <laughs> exactly. And it just felt it just felt like uh I mean yeah, and it's like that South Park joke of the member berries where it's like, oh, remember this, remember oh that, and just God. not like that. It's just like, look, remember the Ewoks. And oh, it's yeah, like I the- Okay, <laughs> obviously there are a bunch of bad faith actors who are like, SJWs and Star Wars. <laughs> but it's like there are certain aspects of it where they're not wrong. They're just an asshole. <laughs> Um, the, the final film in particular, the latter half, it was so painfully predictable. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing, like Palpatine's back. It's just like, oh, f- of course he fucking is. <laughs> because like, because it's, oh, look, it's Star Wars. I and mean, this is going to go to my point. The issue with the last film I had is that it felt very unwilling to be creative. And it was very unwilling mm-hmm. to push the envelope and do something different. And that's why I think it really suffered because it felt like it just rested on nostalgia too much. It rested on, remember them, remember them. Oh, and remember the Ewoks, and remember Palpatine. It's just like, yes, we fucking remember, but it's fucking boring. And I love that Star Wars Visions is kind of saying like, no to all of that and just being like, let's just make something cool. Let's just just take this crazy expansive world and do something fun with it. And to me, that's what Star Wars should be now. It should be talented creators saying, what can we do in this ginormous, bottomless uh, infinite so on that point, though, uh, to be fair, with something like the twins, right? You know, if we're looking at it 
like from and it's not even out yet right but if we're looking at it we can already like tell what the story is going to be we can we already know what trigger is going to do it's just for that in particular right i'm very interested in just seeing the visual flair and the flavor behind that um and obviously you know we're all fans of trigger so that's the one i think we all focus on but all of the other shorts that have been shown like there's a lot of just very interesting setups that they have where it's like oh i don't know what they're gonna do with this yeah, I mean, I mean, also, I, I don't really want to comment because we've not seen it. So, like, I don't really want to sit here and say we know what they're going to do with the twins. We don't really. Not I mean, really. We might, we, might, we might, we might know, but like, Trigger's great at subverting expectations and pulling out weird shit we don't expect. So, like, yeah, I, I'm not really going to comment on, That's uh, on the quality of it. I guess it's also been a while since I've seen a cool. Trigger. When was the last time Trigger did an OVA? An OVA? Yeah. Um, probably the little which I could. Oh wait, no, Little Witch, uh, Space Space Patrol Luluco was a short form series, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was an OVA. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It so like, it'd probably be the Little Witch Academia. Oh my god, yeah. So that was like eight years ago since they released something that wasn't a full series. I'm gonna, but yeah, um, trigger discography. Yeah. So as what I wanted to say is what what you're getting at is you have. Not just a cultural phenomenon, but a worldwide phenomenon that is Star Wars. Like it's very safe to say that Star Wars like has kind of permeated across all cultures around the not not all cultures, but like many, 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 yes. many, 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 yeah. many, many cultures around around the yeah. world. Like I, 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 you, cool, you, cultures you, that are big into like kind of entertainment and yeah, yeah, yeah. like entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 ask a random person on the streets and almost any country, you, sh you show them a lightsaber replica, you ask them, what is this? And they'll be able to tell you it's probably a lightsaber. Um, As they might say in and, Japan, lightsaber desu. They, they'd say, right, to saber desu. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, there and, is uh, all... For more incredible commentary like that, <laughs> tune into our podcast. For more incredible Japanese facts, yes. tune into the anime each other. Actually, well, if you want it to be a little more nuanced, you could say lightsaber dio, because that is an affirmative statement. Oh my god. Wow, thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Am I going to get to my commentary? <laughs> um, so yes, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is there, there is a lot of um, cultural significance mm -hmm. to Star Wars. Um, that many people around the world know and love it as well. It's not just a Western thing. Mm -hmm. And to give it, to have the, not not even courage, but to have the, the foresight to see that by giving this, this sandbox of a franchise, honestly, to people with different beliefs, different um, strengths and weaknesses, to see what comes out of it is, just what the series needs, honestly. Mm -hmm. it's, it's exactly as Kyle was, Kyle, both you and Kyle were saying with the, the Rise of the Skywalker trilogy is that that one was playing it very by the books. And I think like, honestly, because that's the trilogy still did very well at the box office, right? I think for that reason, that's probably what needed to be done for like the core series yeah, probably. But, but I mean, in, in fairness, they could release a film of like, I don't know, a fat Korean kid wanking and, and call it Star Wars and like it would, it would do well at the box office, wouldn't it? I, I, no. don't, I, don't I don't think so necessarily. I think when, when you're releasing an episode that's literally called Star Wars Episode X, like episode anything, like this is core, yeah. core franchise story 
they there's a, there's already a set of expectations mm, from it mm-hmm. um, from the franchise as a whole. I guess. Um, but whereas if you do like sol- if you do like solo, like solo, yeah. it doesn't even have the Star Wars name in it. <laughs> it's just solo. Um, or uh, what what's another one? Or the Mandalorian. Like those ones are give uh, give those creators a lot more freedom because they're not bound to that core story. They can wrap it back around or even like yeah. uh, Jedi Fallen Order. They do this whole thing to try to wrap it back to the main series and then they pull a whole retcon at the end. It's literally Deku's glove. It's like this can't exist. Mm. <laughs> this literally cannot exist. It will break the mythos. I, I mean, um, that's, that's the yeah. issue though. It's the fact that it is so tied to that and it's just like, I'm looking forward to the visions because because yeah. Star Wars visions because it doesn't have to be tied to the main exactly. series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, with like with the prequels, I, I don't know why I think the prequels are pretty dog shit. I don't think they're particularly good films, but I at least respect that George Lucas tried to do different things with it, and he, he tried to like take risks and, and and introduce new ideas. Many of those new ideas didn't work, but I still respect that he tried. Uh, and then I respect with the Last Jedi that again. Um, who was it? Ryan Johnson who did it? Like like Ryan Johnson. Yeah. He, he again took some risks. And I thought that was cool, even when they didn't all work. I respectfully tried. To me, the the Achilles heel of Star Wars is being too attached to the past and being too attached to like what people think Star Wars should be. And the sooner people can let go of that and just embrace change and embrace new things, I think it'll be better for the franchise. This is why I think there's so many toxic Star Wars fans just fucking. 50-year-old, like, virgin bitches who just fucking whinge about, like, there's an actor here who's Asian and they just complain about it because they're fucking dicks and that they just want, like, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker to, as Luke Skywalker to fucking, like, I don't know, rip the Death Star out of the sky with his force powers. Like, they just want the most fan service thing. And whenever they don't get that, they just... Well, there's an interesting phenomenon with Star Wars just for the fact that at this point, it's, like a 40, 50-year-old franchise. Um, And it's a franchise now, and it's not just a series of films. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't think we there's really anything equivalent to it aside from, like, Marvel comics. I was about to say, yeah. Um, Like, is there anything even remotely similar to... Like, like, look at the longest-running, like, anime series. You're looking at, like, One Piece or Dragon Ball, and it's still just kind of more or less relegated to the primary series. There aren't really any mm-hmm. spin-offs. There's maybe games yeah. or something like that. But there, there's oh. quite a few Dragon Ball spin-offs to be fair. Are there? Like, oh, I, I wasn't aware. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've we've had like anime only Dragon Ball spin-offs and stuff. So oh, like the movies like Dragon Ball GT. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah. They've got I think mean, one called Dragon Ball Heroes, which is the newer one. Uh but no, speaking of like it's cool how with One Piece there aren't spin-offs. I quite like that to be fair. Hmm. Well, well, that's a segue. Uh, really? Oh, <laughs> that's a segue. Oh. So we had. So I guess uh, before we go into this, is there any last thoughts you want to say on Star Wars Visions? Like uh, that's that is what I was getting. Uh, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so this, this was a straight Japanese thought. Studios that, are doing to do with this it. was a straight thought that I had, um, and I am. <laughs> I'm not excited or even really anticipating. I'm just very curious if anybody is going to mention. The fact that one of the twins' design is a very—it's uh, just Leo. Well, yes, Leo, but <laughs> also a very Animu cute girl vibe to it. Like she's like her, her oh, outfit's yeah. got like have a little you, have, mini skirt. You and clearly, high haven't heels. looked at any Twitter comments, Kyle. <laughs> I haven't. Oh, did that? Get, did that get like talked about extensively already? 
there was that and there's a, a whole lot of not my star wars ah well yeah, i like, avoid you, you don't have to you don't have to look far to see any of that okay not my star wars oh fuck off God. you man you man baby all right so <laughs> it's a had- fucking cartoon in space <laughs> it doesn't matter so we have we have a cartoon in space we have a cartoon out on the open open waters of the seas right and so we had this real this nice feel-good story we, we, we don't really often see this, this 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 western franchise getting translated to anime that's not often oh okay there's someone banging my upstairs neighbor All hello right, cool. oh. welcome to the Maybe podcast neighbor some, uh, yeah Okay, well, that'll become out noise. Anyways, um, so, yeah. I guessed on the podcast. <laughs> we, we often don't see this this translation of uh, live action to anime. We definitely do see, haven't seen that trend of anime to live action, though. Mm. And boy, do we have that now. It's it's finally hit one of the big three. So One Piece has been announced to be getting a Netflix live adaptation oh. series. This isn't a rumor. This isn't a report. This is an didn't official this, announcement. Didn't this rumor pop up on the podcast before? I'm sh- I, oh on the podcast no, um, but I'm sure the rumor. I'm sure there's been a rumor or something floating around at some mm. point. Um, it 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 probably was just never reported by a reputable source because mm-hmm. like the Pokemon one that was from a Variety and they're reputable. But yeah, so for One Piece, this is an official announcement. We have a picture of the, oh, there's uh, a picture. No, no, we don't have we don't have a picture of the scene itself, but we have a picture of the. Uh, the, the the screenplay the the script basically oh okay, okay. Uh, yeah so it's uh, got the the logo the first page with the title of the first episode being Romance Dawn which Harry what's the significance of the name Romance Dawn I don't really follow One Piece to be honest so oh my god <laughs> no oh my god. <laughs> get out of here uh, no no the, the the initial arc is called Romance Dawn yes not not just the initial arc but the very first episode of the anime yeah. and the very first yeah. chapter of the manga was also called Romance Dawn. Yeah. So this 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 live action is being headed by Tomorrow Studios, which is also the same studio that's producing the uh, live action Cowboy Bebop. Ooh. So exactly. is, is this is this? Um, I, I mean, I, I fear the answer here. <laughs> is this American led? Um, so like American actors and uh, American directors. So we have we. Okay, so the direct partnership between producer Marty Edelstein. And Becky Clements, I don't think we don't have we don't have the director yet. We don't, we have very little of the actual staff yet. Um, all we have is that so Edel, Marty Edelstein, uh, he has discussed the project with Oda personally already. Yeah, that's the that's the big piece so far. Um, the and they piece. are starting with the the East Blue arc, and will quote unquote broaden from there. And this live action adaptation it. Uh, is set to be 11 episodes. And I'm assuming those will be 11 hour long episodes. But damn, for, that for, sounds yeah, short. For, for, no, for, One Piece isn't a long series. It's really quick. You, you could just blast through <laughs> it. It's not long at all. You know, I mean, there's rumors that it's like a, a, nearly a thousand episodes and counting. There's also rumors that, you know, the, the manga's on episode one, uh, chapter one. So the thousandth episode That's will made up. on it's November it's all 14th. Made up. It's all made up. It's not the case, really. It's a short, short series. Um, <laughs> no, uh, like... So from what I can understand, Adra Oda has said for years he's not done this, he's not gone for it, and he's decided to, to do it. Now, um, I don't have any doubt that whatever Adra Oda contributes to the project will be great. I don't have any doubt about Adra Oda's involvement or the quality of his involvement. 
I just have doubt about every single other thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, yeah, and Kyle, yeah, Kyle just linked the the logo in the Discord chat if you want. We want to see that with that yeah, very I've realistic skull. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the logo. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, the logo looks bad, so it's going to be shit. Like, I, I don't really care. You're not um, because half of Twitter did that. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm not that fussed about the logo. I'm not going to fucking like <laughs> loosely have that. Who is it in America who's just like, well, we won't understand that unless it's got American lingo and American actors. I mean, very genuinely, very, very genuinely, it's, it's, just, a, it's a generational divide. Um, it's a lot of older people mm. that see that something's popular and they don't understand it, but they want to translate it into something that they do understand and they have yeah. a better bead on. And unfortunately, those are the people that are, you know, in higher positions to be making those decisions. Um, so I, just, who, who's to say whether or not this will actually be good or bad, right? And it's like, obviously, with all of the stuff that's come out for Cowboy Bebop, you know, we're getting a lot of impressions from that. I have my own personal feelings just because the original series is so fucking good uh, that I don't see what a live action adaptation would bring. I'm still probably going to watch an episode or two of the live action adaptation. But honestly, yeah. unless it really is like, wow, I'm so glad I'm now watching a live action adaptation or actors on screen doing this. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I'll give it a chance. It's difficult, it's, but, it's difficult with One Piece because yeah. unsurprisingly, I'm such a huge fan and I'm so protective of it. So like if I watch for live action, there's going to inevitably be lots of changes from the source yeah, material. yeah. And Will Zoro still and have green hair? Ev every little change is just going to feel like he could still have I, green I, hair. Would, would, that wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> it's difficult because like um, Luffy's like stretchy, uh, like stretchy powers. Are, are, you know, gum gum fruit powers. Yeah. They're so integral to him when he's fighting. And I think to get that looking good with CGI and to get that looking believable with CGI would be really difficult. Honestly, beyond the Fantastic Four movie. Um, mm -hmm. which there's the Fantastic Four movie oh, with true. Mr. Elastic, which mm -hmm. I saw way back in like high school or something. Yeah. So my, my tastes were not <laughs> as refined then, but I remember it being a oh, fine movie. I don't remember like being like, oh man, Mr. Elastic was, oh, so yeah, it, it, I, I don't think uh, the, the elasticity would be an issue too much from that standpoint. It's, it's been demonstrated before. One of mm. the things I am... <sighs> Curious. About, I don't, I'm not even going to say concerned about. I'm interested and mildly curious about is how they're going to translate a lot of the stuff that feels very distinctly Japanese in the writing and the character choices. Right. Uh, because with something yeah. like Cowboy Bebop, right? That's like I watched that. I I never watched that sub because the dub just fits super well because it's yeah. all Western mm -hmm. influence. It's yeah. all Western based. They use a lot of Western lingo and aesthetics. But for One Piece, it's like Luffy's your Luffy is a textbook. He wrote the textbook definition of Shonen Protag, right? And it's like yeah. you don't really see that archetype in Western media. So how are you going to do stuff like that? How are you going to make a character like Sanji? I'm not, I'm not being funny as well, but the latest, okay, so the latest arc of One Piece is based in a country called Wano, and it is literally about, like, samurai era Japan. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is like a love letter to that era of Japan. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a samurai anime than a pirate anime. Um, and this is just Atra Oda doing whatever the fuck he wants, because he can't do. And it's been a fantastic arc. It's been really different, really quirky and fun. But it's the most distinctly, blatantly Japanese arc imaginable. Mm -hmm. 
And okay, little things as well. So like Sanji, for example, uh, small spoiler, I guess, uh, but but I'll try to keep He's it a chef. because I can. Mm. He he later meets <laughs> his siblings. He is a chef, if I just He meets his siblings and they're called Ichiji, Niji. Oh my God. So <laughs> fucking stupid. But but when you find out the context as to why, it makes sense. Because right. you hear that and you think, oh, that's dumb. But actually, when you find out the context, it really makes sense. It's really cleverly done. You find this like on episode 800 and something. So that's what's really cool. Like, Sanji's existed since, I don't know, episode 15 or something. And it's what, like 800 episodes later that this revelation about his family comes in. So then you're like, what the fuck? He was called Sanji all this time and this is the relevance of that. And it's moments like that in One Piece that are so funny and so bizarre and, and so, like, unexpected. These massive revelations that come uh, so far down the line. Um, but yeah, how do you translate that to, to English? So what just... I'm also curious about is, of all the Netflix live adaptations we've had so far, so or will have, um, or not even just Netflix, but, like, anime in general. So we've had Death Note, we've had Ghost in the Shell, we are having um, Cowboy Bebop, and we are having Pokemon soon. Um, those are, like, from... A design aesthetic standpoint, like those are like range from extremely grounded, realistic designs to like moderately cartoonish. Mm. One piece, on the other hand, like breaks the scale in terms of cartoonish design. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Um, like it absolute like bonkers proportions that just pop out of the screen and pop out of the pages. And that is one part of One Piece's identity. And so, what I'm curious about, and granted, um, East Blue arc, I'm assuming that's one of the earlier arcs, Harry. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's from, East, that's Blue. East Blue arc is kind of like the first 60-ish episodes. And it's, okay. it's comprised of lots of little arcs, but like that's the kind of, they're on the East Blue scene. Okay, so that and incorporates yeah. like the merman probably. And Oh, this is where he just I'm rounds think, up the like, crew. What kind of characters in that in that arc had like, there weren't any Frankie equivalents in that arc, right? But there were no, still some uh, really wonky character designs. Uh, yeah, arc, right? but, but there's... I'd say in this first arc, probably one of the weirdest character designs would be Boogie. Um, I, I'm, so I'm just thinking... Oh, actually, I'd yeah. Say like, mm. Boogie's probably, out of the antagonists, like, he's probably the, the most zany character design uh, that you get. You know, this kind of clown pirate who can break his body into little pieces, and that's his devil fruit. So mm. already then, you have to try and take this character who can... And this is early on. This is, I think, only like the... the the second kind of like arc, i.e. like episode six, episode seven, um, that he comes into it. So like you'd have to then create this character who is dressed like this bizarre clown pirate who has to break his body into little pieces and fly around. Right. Already the CGI budget to do that, <laughs> that happening. Free, like because it happens loads to do that mm-hmm. regularly. Already the CGI budget, you're thinking, fuck, this is gonna be difficult. And this is like a tiny part. Like, like when you get to later on and, and like these kind of, these superpowers, these devil fruits, they're so integral to who these well, characters are. Even then, just talking about like the budget and scale of things, you know, one of the big set pieces that would be in this arc is when uh, they're on the, I already forgot the name of it, but the, the cooking ship, right? And then, yeah, I, the, the spoilers the for fucking like chapter 40 of One Piece, but <laughs> like they get under attack by pirates and then there's this huge fucking sword fight that takes place like across like a, a gigantic set where it's, they're, they're fighting yeah. on like the remains of a ship um and it's zoro against this like 
Spanish conquistador, oh, yeah, yeah. um, swordmaster, and it's this it. huge, I, it's this huge fucking action scene, and it's like, how are you? I going just, to make I just that? remembered as well. I just remembered as well. I, like the Arlong arc, mm-hmm. like literally all oh, the antagonists, the, the fishmen, of yeah. Of, of, a fishman. Yeah, that's yeah, how I was being about by the merchant. Various the skin colors, yeah. various like tentacles yeah. and tendrils, and but even like, then, like, all different it, fish qualities. So, yeah. how do how do you make that look? Authentic? There's all of how that do you make too. It look and one of the things that also stuck out to me is like you you also have some of the smaller cultural, like very distinctly Japanese like vibe to it where it's stuff you you have yeah. a character like Usopp right but you also have like the ship like the going Mary and it's like that doesn't really have any reason to be a giant sheep other than that Oda thought it was fun yeah and it's like wh- what is that going to co- how is that going that to come is, across to a western audience who that's yeah. that's what I love about One Piece it is just so wonderfully weird it, uh, all the way through it's just Oda's like a child who's just having and the fun. weirdness is it's it is part of its identity Mm-hmm. Oh, completely, yeah. yeah. But then it, it never feels random for the sake of it. It never feels weird for the sake of it. Everything makes sense. Everything fits and it, and it clicks. And, and every weird idea somehow has this incredible emotional narrative payoff. But it's it's just, it's pure fucking genius. I mean, to be, to be fair, I'd say a lot of the weirdness is because Oda wanted it to be weird, but it's still fun. It's not, like, yes, it's weird for yeah. the sake of being weird, but it's also done with intent. I think yeah. I think on that note, what would really help this live action series happen, and like this would be really difficult. But because of like its weirdness and its fun factor as part of its identity, compared to these other live action adaptations, if they were somehow able to manage to get actors that were big fans of the original series, mm. and you could tell that they are having the time of their life playing Luffy, Zoro, Nami, whoever, like they are just like living, needs, and you can yeah. feel that it energy. needs to be I think campy. That would really go. It needs to be campy. Yeah. This is where it gets tricky though, because One Piece is obviously huge in Japan. Um, but but compared to say like Dragon Ball or Naruto, it never quite had the same appeal in the West. Ah. It never quite had hmm. that same level of popular it is it is popular, sure, but but like it wasn't like I, I think for that. a lot of people for for a lot of like American audiences and UK audiences, it didn't quite hmm. have the same appeal as Dragon Ball or Naruto. So then you're trying to think, well, hmm. how many Good actors in America. Right, that's why I was saying it's really hard. I mean, to be fair, like in a completely unrelated um, nerd fandom, like Warhammer is extremely niche. But then, who would have expected somebody like Henry Cavill to be a a huge Warhammer fan? Right. So it's like I Mm. I don't I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that there are good actors out there that are fans of One Piece. It's just that's going to be very dependent on the casting director to be like oh yes we got the right person for this so if anything i would hope that the production team is actually fans of one piece that's that's a good way of putting it 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 is good that we have confirmation that like oda is contributing to yeah but like how much of that is him just being like yes you have my approval and they stretch that to be like oh he gives his blessing and it's like yeah "Mm, yeah there's there's also a fact of like oda works so fucking hard he's doing one piece like doing the manga all the time like how much time does he really have in his schedule to like yeah. be overseeing this? Yeah. You know, the, the, the guy probably doesn't have all that much time. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Look, look, if this live action series is bad, it it doesn't uh, take away anything from what Oda does because, you know, you can't replicate greatness. I just think it's another case where if they couldn't do Death Note properly, <laughs> 
have have a foot can we do one piece defino is so much easier to adapt not mad just disappointed they completely fucked that up and defino is so much more grounded if they couldn't do that how can we do one piece yeah i think uh how decent the cowboy bebop anime uh, yeah, yeah, series yeah. will be will be a good litmus test mm-hmm. for the studio since it's the same yeah. studio that's producing both. Um, so yeah, do we know anything on when the Cowboy Bebop is coming out? I haven't really. Um, I know that they released production shots, so you have yeah. like uh, preview images of John right. Cho, I think, uh, as Spike in yeah. like in context, and it's like it doesn't look bad, but yeah, there yeah, hasn't been anything in motion well, yeah. um, or like right. anything. So, yeah, like, we actually definitely filmed. don't have a date or anything yeah, yeah, for that. Then. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, we're not going to see anything more for One Piece, I think, until Bebop comes out, both because of just, like, where it is production and also because probably they don't want to be cannibalizing on the on themselves. Yeah. Just, like, they don't yeah, want to yeah, take yeah. attention away. I will say... So, yeah, it'll probably be a while before The, thing, the thing that makes me sad about the One mm-hmm. Piece adaptation, I guess it'll be the same for Cowboy Bebop thing, there'll be people who go onto Netflix and who click on the One Piece live-action show not even knowing it's an anime or a manga. They'll just click on it thinking, oh, pirates, that'll be fun. And their exposure to this amazing story will be through that lens. And it's the same with Cowboy Beat Pop. There'll be people who don't know what it is, but they'll just click it because, oh, I like cowboys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, that's not what it's about, but that'll be it. And and that's what makes me sad sometimes. It's like these amazing series could potentially... um, be completely fucking decimated. By and for, for Harry, by that same intro, people's introduction will be awful. By that same token, you know, it can be an introduction for people who then find the original and are like, "Wow, the original is so much better." Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So. And, and I hope that's the case. I really hope that's the case. Um, have, have I of you uh, ever looked into the four kids dub of one? Oh case? yes, I Absolutely. watched it when I was growing up. <laughs> of yes. course. Okay. Um, I, I, like, there's videos that detail all the yep. changes, but it's it's, it's I think there's one that's uh, quite early on, like episode two, episode three. This little girl gives these rice cakes to Zorro. Um, and they change that to her giving him cookies in the four kids dub. And this to me it kind of showcases what I worry about. I know the four kids dub is like not comparable to this live action remake, yeah. but extreme case. It, <laughs> it's that constant case of, of Americanizing yeah, yeah. everything. But to that point, Say, um, saying people won't get that. So we need to make it more American. Yeah. And that's my word. To, to that point though, um, like if you're comparing the four, which yes, obviously in context, the four kids dub was like, what, what, what the fuck is this? Right. What, what, what were you yeah, trying to do? Donuts. But that was also like, nearly 20 years ago at this point. And I will say one of the trends that I have really enjoyed seeing is getting people like us, millennials who grew up with anime, or at least are under understand it and are familiar with it, are now in positions where they can make creative calls, right? So I am just hoping that they got people who actually know what they're talking about and aren't just, hmm, how can we make this work without really understanding the context to it? Um, because you, know, you, yeah, you have, like, if you look at Netflix's just brand and their image right now, um, and this is something that I pay attention to because it's literally my line of work, right? It's like they, they have, they, they very clearly understand the demographic for anime. They understand the people that are yeah. consuming this. They understand the audiences. So I just hope that somewhere along the line, that perspective gets translated into the actual creative process. So here's some stats for you as well, is that anime consistently ranked in the top 10 most watched types of programs worldwide on Netflix. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're they're really going for it. And anime viewership was up over 100% 
in the United States in 2020. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, mm. uh, it's a, it's a big slice so of the pie right there for sure. If, if uh, you know what I'll be happy with, I'm not even going to set myself up for expectations to be disappointed. I'm going to be happy if it's serviceable. If I right. watch this series, if I watch Cowboy Bebop and I'm like, oh yeah. If you're not offended. If I'm not offended. <laughs> yeah. If I watch Cowboy Bebop and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I you know can see how th this got made uh, and they very clearly enjoyed the original. Um, enough to like copy it one for one. If they can make a one to one copy, and it's just with live action actors, I'm I'm going to consider that a win because that's going to open it up for possibilities yeah. for future better adaptations. I mean, it in in a weird way, I either want it to be fantastic or fucking dreadful. But Here I feel know. like having it in, in kind of having it in the middle ground in between is kind of a worst case scenario because. It's like, it will still get an audience, but it's an audience who are watching and appreciating this very inferior... It'll be the worst case scenario for that specifically. Yes. Yeah, because if it's just... It, like, like the live action definite thing, if it's just really, really bad, then it kind of just gets forgotten, doesn't it? And it just disappears. And yeah, and then people are scared um, to touch anime again, which is why I kind of don't want it to fail. I just don't... I don't expect it to succeed, but I, but I don't want it to fail. I, I don't want more of these live action versions. I'll be honest. I, I'm, maybe this is cynical. I just don't think they're good. I, I, I fundamentally disagree with the principle of uh, this country has some great entertainment and this great thing, whatever that country might be, whatever the entertainment might be. I fundamentally dislike the principle of we need to make the American version because it continues to push this almost pseudo-nationalism this idea that everything needs to be tailored to our country. And I would feel the same if the UK was... Mm -hmm. I think the UK like remade Impractical Jokers. And I just thought, why the fuck are you doing that? The original is so distinctly American. Why would you want to change that and take that away from the country it should be in? Because I, I always just feel like it it closes your mind to embracing and understanding What I would want to see come out of this is if they see adaptations doing really well, or at least making some kind of positive headway, I would want that to open up the possibility for live action spinoffs of like, I would be super fucking stoked yeah. if we saw like an original live action Gundam series, right? With like actual like giant yeah, robots I, and like sets like that, because we had stuff like I, Pacific yeah. Rim, which was original and it was very clearly inspired by giant tokusatsu and mecha shows because Guillermo del Toro was a huge yeah. fan of them. But I think yeah, I, like if we have more stuff I, like that, I think I, that could be a positive result from stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, totally. I did say on a previous episode, I I feel like doing spin-offs is far more interesting. So for example, like with the Death Note thing, why not do a Death Note live action that instead of being light and L is totally new characters? It's because they and don't know the audiences yet. They don't know the reaction, so they have to play it safe. Yeah. Which is why I say, like, yeah. I, I'm okay with them playing it safe. It's the same thing with, like, what happened with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like, I, I'm, like, okay with the Avengers. I'm, like, kind of middle ground with them. But because those did so well and established a successful base for the franchise, they have a lot of more interesting stuff to come out with. Like, I really enjoyed Loki, and I really enjoyed Shang-Chi, and those are properties that couldn't, those are movies that couldn't exist um, without the financial success of the more mainstream stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, totally and fair. Something I, I will, like, say as well, in terms of Netflix live-action adaptation so far, we have Death Note. 
Yes. And that's right. right. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it exactly. technically is a one strike so far. And it was a very, very <laughs> bad strike. But Death Note was four years ago. Um, and Why these ones really? aren't coming Jesus. out for a long time. Yeah, it was it was four years ago, almost me? five now. It's been a long time oh and anime has grown exponentially oh, yeah. in popularity, as I just listed the um, the statistics as well. Um, I think like, yeah, if more come out and it's like, okay, this is dog shit, then yeah, then, then, then they've set a precedent. But to be fair, Netflix has one bad show so far. They can still turn around. And this is a totally different studio. Um, yeah, from from Death Note as well, so we will see and we'll judge it then as well. Um, I, I feel but, like Ca- Cowboy Bebop could work, mm-hmm, yeah. I, but the jury's still very firmly out on One Piece. <laughs> that, yeah, work, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that's say, it, it, I feel like they've chosen the most difficult one to do. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's yeah. see. Netflix loves to make things difficult too, such as how to mm. watch seasonal anime. So that's going to bring us into another news. Um, Smooth segue. Yeah. So we know that Netflix loves to just like hold their shows hostage, their seasonal shows, just until it finishes, mm. the, finishes the season. And then they release it all in one batch, which, yeah, that's their MO, but it, it really sucks for traditional anime fans. Um, they're learning their lesson, kind of. So for whatever reason, so JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean will be on Netflix as opposed to um, the other streaming services this time around. And they're not going to be holding it hostage for the entirety of the series this time. Instead, Mm. they're releasing it in monthly batches. So you will get four episodes a month. Okay. That's not, it's not too bad. It's It's like, that's effectively the same rate too. You know, because that, that's yeah, you, you get an episode a week, so that's you know four a month. I mean, technically, releasing it all at the end is the same rate as well. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. All right, if you want to get pedantic about it, you get a you get a full is, series at the same amount of time. So, is Stone Ocean is it not coming to Crunchyroll? Mm-mm. Netflix exclusive right. now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, um. Yeah. I mean, is is it the same studio doing it and stuff? Uh. Yes, it's still David Production. Okay, not that they're like the best animators, but like they, they clearly know what they're doing with JoJo. So I, I'm glad it's the same team. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love JoJo. So yeah. like, the, I guess the sooner I can watch it, the better. But yeah. I don't know, the monthly waiting, not a big fan, but it's better, like you're saying. Right, it's, it's, it's just so, it's so strange. It's like, it's like Netflix is easing themselves into a hot jacuzzi. It's like, no, 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 we can't just jump all right in because we'll get burned. It's like, but that's to, exactly like, what it is. put our toes in like, first. That's, that's exactly what put, it is, though. And especially, yeah. like, in my now over two years at Xbox, like, I have seen firsthand how slow this shit moves. It's because you yeah. need to convince people up top that it's a good idea. And in order to do that, you kind of need to take baby steps to show them at each step of the way, yes, this works. Yes, this works. Yes, this works. Good Lord, please just let us do what we want. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe after this, we'll finally have weekly. Yeah, and honestly, like just looking at where we are, like compared, like even like five years ago, right? Um, just how anime was on Netflix, and we talk about how stuff has changed over the years, right? But it's and like you said, Matt, like shit has grown exponentially. So I think people, more and more people, are waking up to the idea that this. Stuff is okay to touch and talk about if you know how to handle it. I think a lot of companies um, for anime and video games are just kind of scared how (laughs) 
people took stuff in the mid to late 2000s when everything was kind of all over the place and you know you had like the stereotype of the horny weeb come out and it's like oh we don't we don't know if we want to deal with this shit um but that i think that perception has slowly been changing mm-hmm. yeah i think for sure. we have normal regular Absolutely. people who just enjoy this shit yeah, and like as much as we shit on Netflix, it really is due in large part to them too. Like there's anime just on the front page of Netflix for just normal people to see. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely increased exposure oh, yeah. for better. Oh, yeah. for, mainly for the better, but like. The, yes, for, for, it, there, there are a lot of caveats and there are a lot of exceptions, but I think overall it's trending positive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, UFO, ta- UFO Table CEO uh, admits to committing tax fraud. I don't know if you guys were... Oh, that's a segue. Yeah, I... Yeah. There are allegations against him for this. Yeah, so yeah. there were allegations for a while. So the, the court case actually just started. And within the first... Um, in the first day of the court case, uh, Hikaru Kondo admitted to evading 138 million oh my God. in taxes, which is about oh. $1.2 million. That's a lot Spare of money. Taxes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and this is coming out right before the second season of Demon Slayer comes mm. out. So that's interesting. Oh. Um, I, I don't know how this will affect the studio, if at all, because it's... Was it personal CEO finances himself, not, or the company's finances that were being um, fucked with? Um... The defendant repeatedly excluded portions of revenue in order to prepare for a future decline in businesses and keep as much capital as possible to himself. Okay, so hopefully yeah. it'll and and this, mm. this is the thing. It's again like to himself. Okay, he wants to keep the money for himself, and it's it's just I don't know if he was if he was evading tax so he could pay his animators better. I would <laughs> hold it against him. I doubt do, do that was I mean? it's, it's like, the altruistic intention he had. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fucking conservatives. Fuck a lot of them. <laughs> just hoarding money like Smaug from the Hobbit. Yeah, this is um, a translation. Yeah. Um. Just quick note, so it might not be translated perfectly, but yeah, that's the that's the word on that. So yeah, that's um, oof. It's yeah, oof right yeah, there. oof. I think oof is a good way to oof describe oof it. Oof oof hey. <laughs> hey, <that's laughs> fun. All right, um, Mayano Top Gun from Uma Musume is uh, <laughs> going to be promoting Tom Cruise's Top Gun Maverick. Yep, that's that's a thing. So Mayano Top Gun okay. is a character in Uma Musume. Um, her whole aesthetic is a jet airplane. And so, yep, she's going to be promoting uh, Top Gun. In Africa. Japan or just in general? I was going to say, in, J- in, in Japan. Japan I okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I'd i say that the age of Ita cars are over. We're, we're, we're now entering the age of Ita jets. See a jet plastered with a... All right, all right, you're going to have to explain what Ita cars is. Okay, Ita car are, like, those cars that you see with the, the anime decal oh, on Oh, Jesus. They're just, like, plastered with, like, yeah, characters on yeah. it. That's, that's an Ita car, like an Ita bag, like, where you decorate yeah, that yeah, with, yeah. All, like, stickers okay. and pins. Ita car, yeah, no, I, Ita I, I, shot oh in Japanese, yeah. So, Ita jet. Somebody's got to have, like, decals. their favorite waifu on their jet. Let me see. Do anime they? jet decals. You're going to get that, you're gonna get that one anime with the I've read a book once about, uh, I think there's somebody like Ate Metal, and uh, his biggest achievement was he did Eat a Jet. Oh, yeah. But, I, I, I think yeah. I saw that on TV. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous, yeah. but I, I think I've seen it's the same thing. Both, both a pun and an interesting fact right there. Yeah. And then ending on a more positive note on Netflix. So they've created an anime creators base at their Tokyo office. 
So this base was inspired by Keep Her Hands Off of Azoken. Oh. Uh, the, the chief anime producer, Taiki Sakurai, was intrigued by the idea of making a space where creative minds could gather. So in this design, so this space, uh, where'd it go? This space has three areas. It has a designer's area for designers and artists. It has a writer's area for developing and editing scripts and a lab space for testing out new technologies such as VR, motion capture, and sound design. So it's just um, just this very collaborative space nice. in their, their Japan office for producing anime, which I think is neat. And it's introduced really cool. by their brand new VTuber. <laughs> which, <laughs> yep. You bring v- it all back to VTubing. Of course. Gotta, gotta mention future. that at least once in the, each episode. <laughs> okay. That's a wrap for all the news of this episode. Bit, bit of a, quite two, two big ones. Two big ones for sure. Looking curious about yeah. both of them for sure. Won't have to wait too long for Star Wars Visions at least. All righty. Oh God, there's an We're, entire Wikipedia article on Itakaris. Now I'm just looking at these. I mean, they're, these they are can be fascinating. Very impressive, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to you more about that <laughs> at the end of this episode. Anyways, we have see, uh, yearly anime to talk about. We are coming, we're nearing the end of the year, and we're also finally nearing the end of our t- end of our decade and our whole journey through the previous decade of influential anime. We will finish the decade, but just when the year is finishing, it'll be perfectly timed. We'll see. So we are on the year 2017 um, for our journey right now. And it's it's really funny. Whenever I go to put together these lists, I basically go to the Wikipedia page. And I sort everything by alphabetical order and I go through there from there. It's like, okay, what was big? What was big? And when I started on this one, I got like all the way through like K. I'm like, wow, this was like not a very hot season. And then five seconds after I mentioned that's like banger, 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 banger. Like, okay, <laughs> we got some narrowing down to do here. So I have I have three shows that I want to talk about at the very least. And I have some other ones that maybe we can dig into a little bit more if we have some time. But the okay. first one, I will, I, I will say, just just to put the the uh, the, uh, the pressure on. Mm-hmm. My laptop is slowly losing battery. Where's your charger, bruh? It's it, there's not a plug near me. Oh my so, god! Uh, I'm okay. Oh. I'm on I'm on twenty eight percent. Oh, we'll so be fine. Twenty eight percent will be fine. It, it just yeah yeah. yeah. So right. just to let you know, but just in case, just get just get Akko to charge it for you because we're talking about <laughs> Little Witch Academia first. Oh. Hell yes! Yeah, premiered in winter twenty seventeen season. The Little Witch Academia. Full TV series, mind mm-hmm. you, not the OVA series. I, I still, I still series. love the story behind how that show came into existence. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh wait, the the show. I, maybe I don't know the show story. I know the OVA. Story. Well, yeah, yeah well, it's one. because tell, the tell OVA did tell so us well. The story, Kyle. Yeah, tell us the story, Kyle. Tell us, tell, tell, <laughs> tell the audience. I, the story. It's not. I, it's a short story, which is trigger. Like when they were starting out, they hold these competitions uh, to be like, hey, show us your OVAs, and we'll. Produce the the best ones in Little Little Witch Academia. Little My Hero Academia. Yeah, Little My Hero Academia um, won. So back in 2013, they had that 23-minute OVA come out, um, and it did super well, and people loved it, and they decided to give it a full series. That, that's it. That's a story. But it, it was just really nice to see that uh, the studio very deliberately because like, it was a program or a contest set up for all new and young animators and upcoming. Mm-hmm. So they were very clearly trying to shepherd in, you know, the, the next generation of talent. Absolutely. And Trigger is definitely a studio that has not shied away from just being open to new ideas and being experimental. And Little Witch Academia definitely kind of encapsulates all of that. I think 
what what's uh what's really impressive about Little Witch Academia, I think, is like how like when it when you boil it all down, it's a very vanilla show. Like oh, yeah. the oh, yeah. Akko is a very typical anime character, is like very ganky, very upbeat, like I'm going to follow my dreams no matter what. But the way that it's executed and the trial she goes through and the um animation that accompanies all all of it really lends a weight to her convictions, I think. Like Akko, yeah. I think mm. Like you see a lot of those protagonists, like never give up, never give up, always keep trying. And none of them really hit the same level of impact as Akko did. Like Akko really felt like, like, no, like real, don't give up, keep plugging along, see what you can do, do what you can do. And you will th- get to where you want to be. I, th- I think a really lot of that inspiring. is thanks to the fantastic voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've not, I've not really watched the dub, um, uh, my friend watched either. a little bit of a dub once and, and she said it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like, I, I do think, I mean, I, I'm sure the dub's fine, but but like, again, it's like, it's like the sub is just so good. And I think Akko's voice acting is so infectiously great. Mm-hmm. And her energy and her charisma, again, is what like makes you believe in that character. That and accompanied with the animation style, which is called Runny yeah. Egg Style. I think I brought that up on the the podcast mm. before but like you see it like you yeah, see yeah, the yeah. faces that Akko makes like that is just a runny egg it's perfect yeah. um and i think that was one of the last trigger shows that i just like enjoyed unadulterated um uh, without yeah. any strings attached whatsoever it's just like a very um good good core story had a very clear message to tell and they had fun telling mm-hmm. it. um yeah totally and it's just very impressive how they managed to turn that short OVA series plus movie in the end into a full 24 episode series. I was very doubtful that they would be able to stretch it out to a full series like well, that. Well, it helps. They, they managed to do it, it helps that unlike the other trigger shows that we've seen, Little Witch Academia, yeah, it has like the overarching like character arc for Akko, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's a very episodic series. Like you can pick right. any random episode and then just have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very test. I also that's feel trigger. like it's a, it's, it's a great it's a great starter anime. Oh yeah, it's oh yeah, accessible. I tried showing it to my sister though. At least the first episode, and she was bored. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, oh, that's fair. That's I, I, I guess it is still one of those shows. I, I don't know about like absolute entry level. Maybe if like I get a bead for the person and them, like if you like the cute girl stuff and you just very slice of life moe blob, that's that I think would be like the next recommendation. Um, right. Cause yeah. it's, it's still very yeah, I think stylistic. My sister was just like, yeah. Yeah. She was slightly put off by just like the very cute. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, and I have friends yeah. who are very much like that. So it's like, I, I yeah. don't know if I'd show this to them, but it is still yeah. a good and en- like entry ish tier kind of yeah. show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on the opposite end of cutesy, fun aesthetic, what also premiered this year was Made in Abyss mm. 2017. What a yeah. show. Which we, fin- we finally got word on the second season coming out next year. It's finally happening. Hell yeah. Five years later. My I mean, at least we had the goodness. movie. So. Yeah, I still need to watch the movie. <laughs> there are so I've many movies I need it. to watch. Yeah, I need, I need to watch oh, the but, Demon Slayer movie. I need to watch the Made in Abyss movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really enjoy them both, but uh, the Made in Abyss film in particular is really, really good. I yeah. really oh, it, and I know, like, uh, it's it's canon. Like, I'll need to watch them. And same for the Demon Slayer. Like, I'll, I need to watch both of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're just seasons. arcs that were yeah. taken out and compressed. Yeah. 
So they're all very good. But but they work really well. They're they're done really well as movies. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing that happen more often rather than just making a random spinoff and having Deku's glove just get destroyed because it can't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like My Hero Academia arcs that could be done as movies. Mm. Yeah, like the Gentle Criminal one could have been a movie, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 That was nice and short. Anyways, made an abyss. Um, so that that really took the anime community by, by storm. I I slept on this show when it first came out. I don't know if either of you watched it while I was airing or you caught it afterwards. No, you know? I, I, I caught it afterwards, but it like I can see how you could miss out on the show just because it's a thankfully it's a slow build. It's a very slow burn, and I I say like it doesn't really kick in. Or at least, like, they, they spend a lot of time setting up, and it's not right. until after they visit Ozen and descend after that that you're like, oh, this is, like, kind of a very unforgiving, brutal world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very that's very valid reasons for why it might be more difficult to get into. But the reason I didn't get into it <laughs> um, was because at the time, um, it was airing on Amazon, and that was before. Oh my Amazon god, I forgot just, like, about that. Yeah, and the way that like you had to find the series, it like it looked like a product yeah. on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. So like it was just a whole process. So I just yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't want to go through it. And also um, the promo are one because again every season I look at the seasonal chart. I go through, I skim through everything, and first I look at the studios, then I look at the promo art, or and then um, maybe I'll skim through some other ones. And both the promo art, like the, this cutesy, weird aesthetic style that wasn't appealing to me. And it was a random unknown studio. So I just totally glossed over Made in Abyss entirely. And then it was on a- Amazon. It's like, well, not going out my way for that. But then the people who did go out of their way, boy, were they they singing from the rooftops about the, how the show was so good. And I think it was like after this season, it was in, when Amazon finally included anime in their regular mm-hmm. subscription. And so then I was able to watch it normally. And boy, was I glad that I was not watching that show seasonally. And I think I'll wa- wait for the second season to finish as well because I don't think I could watch this show on a yeah, basis. Yeah, no, I got that. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's we've, we've talked about Made to Miss plenty of times on the show before, but it's, it's, it's true strength is beauty and despair, beauty and destruction and beauty and just... Um, Beauty in very hard circumstances. Um, and it really comes down to just the the relationship between Rico and Reg of how like they are fully aware of the situation they're in and how like this is basically a one road journey for them and they have nothing to lose except their lives. And they still manage to find ways to um, persevere through it no matter all the horrible, horrible things that they encounter. And yeah. it truly is a... A starkingly upsetting show. Like there are many, many upsetting scenes mm. in it, but it all comes back around to just, um, just a hope to it, a, a glimmer in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, good show. It, it, it's for, 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 <laughs> yeah. for me. For me, when I watched it, I, I was enjoying it, but like I wasn't absolutely like blown away with it. But it's, it's in those like ending episodes of season one where yeah. uh, it all just gets fucking mega dark that's when it really hit me how good it is yeah exactly because um, there are a lot of there are a lot of choices it's, it makes. it's a fearless show yeah. yeah i think that yeah the choice yeah there are definitely a lot of choices it makes for sure um yeah. and i think there is room for debate on whether those choices were necessary in some cases but i think um 
for the most part, it, it hits the notes it, that it wants to hit. Their choices and decisions that you can tell they very clearly thought about and very deliberately made. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's a good o- point. O- Ultimately, it's the introduction of Nanachi that makes the show oh, yeah. amazing, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's what makes the show really, really good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just... The sheer mystery, we're going into the second season. We have no idea what we're going to encounter. None. Zero at all. Mm, I'm Um, excited. Yeah, exactly. It's just a very enticing show. And then finally, the third one that I want to give give some attention to is Land of the Lustrous. I still haven't seen it. Mm. Yeah. And so I guess Harry and I are the ones who have seen it then. And so, yeah, Yeah. I I wanted to talk about this one, not because it's an incredible story or anything like that, but like, you know, I want to talk about this, Harry. It's like, Still, yeah. to this day, the best-looking CG anime out there. And not just, like, it's not just passable CG. It's like, no, this is really good CG. This is what CG yeah. anime has the capability of becoming. Yeah, it just doesn't, for whatever reason. Mm. Um, would would yeah, you agree it, with that it, assessment? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the reason I watched it. It's because it was, like, billed as this 3D anime that looks really, really good. So I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And yeah, it, it, it puts other CG anime to shame. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's another reason why the, uh, the modern berserk anime is uh, so hated, like visually, <laughs> just because it's like, we know that 3D animation can be good, uh, but, but studios like 99.9% of the time just fuck it, just, just right. can't do it well. There is a show airing this season called The Duke of Death and His Maid. And I adore this anime. I love, love, love the anime. It's such a cute little romance um, with a nice, like, overarching magic story to it as well. And I was so excited for the anime. And then the anime was CG. And it is horrendous, awful CG. Like, super stilted, super flat. And what's even more frustrating is that, for whatever reason, they only are doing CG for the main cast. Like, when they go out into town and there's just, like, random NPCs around, the NPCs are tan-drawn. I'm like, what? You, you got it backwards. Hmm, the mobs are supposed to be CG and the main cast is supposed to be CG. So, that's What's so weird. Yeah, really it, weird. it is really upsetting. And I just couldn't keep watching the show despite how much I, I love the series. And so, yeah, it's just, like, the main thing that comes down to CG anime is that many people are just using CG as a replacement for 2D animation and not utilizing the strengths that CG allows um oftentimes well, it, it was the studio ghibli film wasn't it the, the latest one. Oh yeah oh yeah the witch again just like awful cg right and granted they did take advantage of some of the advanced the advantages of cg in that case but yeah for them it was just a pure case of um not doing it well enough on a technical level mm. um and th- yeah. those advantages include just like a higher frame rate for one so traditional 2D animation is like somewhere along the lines of 14 frames per second or something like that, um, where you don't have that limitation for CG. You just like click and drag a bone. But oftentimes, especially when you're overlaying it with other 2D uh, elements, like in Duke of Death for whatever reason, uh, you have to sync the frame rate. And so that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why the CG comes out stilted, because try playing a game in 14 frames per second. <laughs> it doesn't look good. <laughs> Um, and this thing as well, though, like, like if you look at, uh, I don't know if either of you saw the, the Dragon Ball Super movie, Dragon Ball Super Bro. I did not know. Um, but like, like the animation's so fucking smooth, like like 2D animation. And uh, yeah, I'm sure the frame rate isn't as high as like CG, but it's like, it's so smooth. It's mm. so, so pleasant. Or like the Demon Slayer animation, like really fucking smooth. Yeah. Um, yeah, UFO Table is another studio that incorporates CG I, well. I don't think 
CG um, brings any real advantages over 2D animation other than the fact that it's more cost effective. That's that's but exactly I, it. That's the I, reason I, people I, use it. I, I don't think that CG will ever look, unless it's done to a stunning degree, I don't think it will ever look better than 2D animation unless it's done to like the best possible quality imaginable. I think it's still yeah, a nascent medium, um, which is why, like exactly like you said, it's like we don't really have a benchmark for like what it can look like extremely well. And of course, I haven't seen Land of the Lustrous. I've seen Beastars, which is like, okay. Um, I feel like we... I, I, I still believe in it as a medium. It's just, it's still pretty new and people just need to experiment with it. Right. Exactly. Like Spider-Verse is fucking uh, incredible. Spider-Verse? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that, yeah. that's that's one of the other strengths of CG as well is just tracking shots. You don't have to break up scenes as much into like cuts, mm, hard mm -hmm. cuts anymore. You can like move the camera around because doing a tracking shot in 2D is extraordinarily difficult because you have to like, draw a character in all of these different angles and whatnot. And mm. it's a lot easier to just cut it and draw it nude instead of trying to make that a smooth transition. Because, for example, there's that one scene in Land of the Lustrous where Daya is hiding out from that, like, Yeti monster. And the camera's just, like, zoomed in really close to her, like, ground-up angle, like, very close-up and personal um, angle. And she's just, like, crawling around on her knees, trying to hide, and the camera's just following her and tracking, like, both her and the Yeti monster in the background at the same time. Like that is masterful cinematography right there. And that's a true strength of CG that a lot of these other studios just don't realize because they're trying to that they're trying to adhere too much to the source material. Like if for Duke of Death, it's not a huge deal if they're going to do in CG, but because they're trying to adapt the manga into CG and they're completely it's it's restricting CG and really bearing its weaknesses because of that. Um so yeah, I Land of Lustrous really shows what you can do. And I, I, it, it's astonishing to me that there hasn't been a, another series since then that has had the same level of, of CG as Land of Lustrous. Yeah, it, it's a shame because, like, it was, again, it's, it's weird. It's like, it wasn't the best narratively. Right. Uh, but it, it had potential. I'd have happily watched the season two to see where the narrative would have gone. Um, but they never continued it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like... I saw a bit of Beastars talking about it, and I, I just didn't like the way the CG looked in that. Mm -hmm. I know that like, a lot of people love it, but I, I couldn't keep watching it because I just thought it, it seemed so stiff and, and jaggedy and just not particularly enjoyable. Um, yeah. But there are some anime series where like CG combines with 2D in a really clever way. Yeah, like, like um, Demon Slayer. Like, like, De like yeah. Demon Slayer, for example. Um, or there's, there's even times when like, there's times where, okay, so like the last One Piece movie, One Piece Stampede, from what I remember, like, the villain uh, goes into CG at times because it's pretty, like, huge what they're animating. And it doesn't look necessarily better than 2D, but it's fine. And it, it doesn't look, like, ugly. Right. It's just, it's like, that looks fine. They've done a fine job with that. And in a weird way, it is quite interesting how it plays off the 2D stuff. I don't mind that. It's just when you just see it and it's just like, that is just shit. Like, like objectively speaking when a studio purely shit. uses it as a shortcut oh, yeah. and doesn't yeah, put yeah, in the effort yeah. to mix it in then it looks atrocious i think a lot of studios are still learning that you can't just use cg and it's like okay cool like we we saved some time and money here it's like no like you still need to put in time and effort to smooth it in and make it look organic and yes, ultimately you'll probably still save time over than just like drawing it out um naturally but you can't just like slap it in and expect it to be 
yeah. um, work as intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, just a quick update. I'm on 14%. <laughs> okay. So that, those are the, oh. those are the three ones that I really <laughs> want to talk about no matter what. Okay. I have, cool. I have some single stars now. So I put double stars next to those three. I have some single right, stars. Speedy. That, yeah. We can talk about if we want to. So uh, Kyle, I don't know if you want to say anything about Girls Last Tour. Oh, I love it. Came it's, out a fall lo- of it's a wonderful show. Um, it's made an abyss without the trauma. Uh, it's still <laughs> it's still pretty it. like woo. It, 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 it's I mean, it's post apocalyptic, and you follow uh, two girls, uh, Chi and Yu, uh, as they just explore the post apocalyptic wasteland, and you you watch them doing cute things in a very serene. Uh, it, it's like take the world of near automata and just put a couple moe blob girls like surviving and exploring and that's the show yeah i, I described made in abyss as beauty and despair and girls last tour is the definition of beauty and destruction mm-hmm. yeah that's a good way to phrase it mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's a very passive show um in the sense that you are definitely watching it for the ambiance and the vibe absolutely yeah it's I, I really it's definitely like it. a show really that like it. yeah it's 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 a nice show to like watch before going to oh yeah oh yeah yeah um, also this year was wasn't it didn't really make a big splash but it definitely hit his splash for me and Kyle was recovery of an MMO junkie oh I love that Fall show of 2017 what a, I've, I've, so, heard, I've heard of it but I've never yeah, seen so it so it's it's I want to touch on it briefly because I did write an article on it as well it's just I think uh, leading up to this point especially even now still um, video games are typically shown in this negative context in anime, which is ironic given just like how hand in hand they go together. Um, just like they show characters getting addicted to it or they have like the typical archetypes, like the character only plays video games and is not good at anything else. Um, like it, it definitely, or like even SAO, where it literally becomes a death game. Like video games are usually not shown in a good thing. And the name like recovery in an MMO junkie, you think is like, oh, She's addicted to MMOs and then she's going to get over it essentially. But no, that's not what it means. It's like using MMOs as a, th- as the therapy itself. Like the main character oh, that I'm I forgetting see. the name, name of, but like she's been battered and bruised by society, like figuratively speaking, like she, like a lot of shit's happened to her. She's just like really down on her luck, really down on things. And she escapes to this MMO and through this MMO and through her interactions in it, she learns how to kind of, be confident in herself again, how to interact with people again, mm-hmm. how to take care of herself. And it was just a very nice, refreshing breath of fresh, that was redundant, breath of fresh air to see a show, um, show how video games can have positive effects on people's lives and do have positive effects on people's lives. Um, you don't have to look forward to see the stories all around the internet. And I just really appreciated having that out there, um, the show as well. I, I wish it was more popular. It's a very, very good show. Um, but yeah, I wanted to touch on that one very quickly. Anything else you want to add, Kyle? It's good. That, that, well, yeah. there, there's the whole issue with the director, but that aside. Um, oh, I forgot about yes, that. It's still the, that. the show in and of itself is just fantastic yeah. and highly recommend. Exactly. And it's a very nice self-contained story. Yep. Go read my article on goombastump.com. Um, yeah, but I think those are the only ones like Dragon Maid also. Air 2017. Uh, it's tor- horny wholesomeness. That's what that show is. Mm-hmm. Very glad to see KyoAni back at mm-hmm. it again this season. It's just a, a tour de force after the tragedy that happened to them. Very glad to see them back in form. Uh, Black Clover also started in 2017. <laughs> Are you still watching that, Harry? 
It uh, actually stopped. So okay. basically, they, they got to, I think, about episode 140-something. Mm-hmm. And the manga was a bit ahead, but they stopped and they're going to do a movie. That's the plan. Um, Black Clover's a strange show because there are parts of it that are fantastic. There are some arcs that are really, really good. Um, but then there's also some parts that are really boring. There's some filler parts. So, so it really does vary. When it's canon, I would say 70% of it is really good. 30% of the canon stuff is bad. And then pretty much like 100% of the filler stuff is bad. So overall with Black Clover anime, I would say it's maybe like 55 to 60% of it is good. <laughs> that's that, if that's yeah, pretty that's good kind of for a shonen. It's it's okay. It definitely has its moments. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Is it worth a watch? Uh, if you really like shonen and you're okay to embrace the, the shitter moments, then it's worth a watch. If you're like me and you're trash and you can embrace that trash a bit more, then it's fine. Um, like, I've, a lot of people, myself included, were turned off by like the first couple of episodes because Asta is so shouty and so mm-hmm. irritating. Like literally after the first episode or two that stops and it, it gets way more toned down and way more normal it's just initially it's almost like the first recording session the voice actor just like completely went overboard and just like turned off everyone um but no it does get better after time over time yeah meanwhile other big big <laughs> big boy shonen coming through is like move aside black clover boruto also started uh, that year i had no idea oh uh, okay get, i thought that'd be going one. longer What's up? The, the overwhelming majority of Boruto is filler. <laughs> like, like the overwhelming majority was just like. Are, are you just I mean, like dunking on it, or is that like well. an actual fact? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, literally, like it started and it was filler. Also, I've just got, <laughs> I've just gone to eight percent. It's it got just gone down from ten percent oh to eight oh percent. No. This okay. is scary. I'm I'm scared. My yep. laptop's going okay. to turn off. Okay, um, that's yeah, recording. that's 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 that then. Those, those <laughs> are the ones I want to go over. Uh, Komodo Friends also happened. There's a weird oh, that's a sensation that happened online. Didn't watch it, but oh, it, was yeah. a, it was a sensation, all mm. right. All right, closing remarks. Harry, where can we find you and what do you want to promote? Uh, so in terms of closing remarks, what I want to promote, uh, I don't think we've recorded since I released my album. Uh, we've, you're, right, your album, I don't think so, yeah. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, so I oh, put out an congrats. album on yeah. August the 18th. Uh, so that was fun. Um, so that's out. So uh, Corison, we might get to a new level. Uh, yeah, check it out on Spotify, on iTunes, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, fun times. Um, I've been playing Chris Dales recently which I've been enjoying. It's like a kind of a, like a turn-based RPG. It's not the most polished game. Mm, that is what um, I've but seen. Like it, yeah. Right. Yeah, it definitely has its issues, but like if you kind of get past some of that lack of polish, it's a pretty decent it's got turn-based heart. RPG. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's got heart. It's, it's yeah. a fun it's, game. It's, so like, it's very that. charming. I played the demo the, of it back when. Yeah, the core mechanics, and more, the more moves you unlock, it, it does get a lot of like really fun over time, yeah. Kyle. What shitposting Xbox post do you want to Oh, do? God. Well, <laughs> what was the last shitpost I made? I don't know. Let me, what did I say? I feel like I sent you something recently. What did I do? Oh, I uh, shared pictures of my Jill and Dana plushies with Isprid, the publishers of Valhalla. Uh, so oh, yes, you if you that. want to see more uh, low-key weeb posting, check out Xbox. Otherwise, check me out at like the rogue on Twitter.com, where I sometimes post thoughts and things. That's about it. And pictures. And pictures, yeah. I don't really write much anymore, but I also work like two jobs and I'm studying mm-hmm. Japanese 
Okay, six percent. Yep. I'm going to okay. run off early. All right, I yep. think that's. I think we're pretty much done. You guys finish recording. I think we're pretty much done. Just early. Yep, we all Cheers, got to sign off. We don't need need you anymore. Shoot. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, and then, meanwhile, I am Matthew Ponte. You can find me at Musing Mojack, M-E-S-I-N-G-M-O-J-A-C-K on Twitter and Twitch. I stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Wednesday being an art stream. I'm very excited to like, do more art after getting retweeted by Lyra because that was really cool. Um, I want to shout out Odd Taxi. Which oh, was God, I need to get back I into that. On. Yeah. I yeah, watched the first show I really slept good. on last season. And yeah, I, I was enthralled. I just finished it nice. last night. And it is absolutely a contender for anime. Oh, hell yeah. For me. I am blown away by just how raw of it. Here, there's that word again. Just how raw of a show it was. Um, I was not, I was expecting something like a Gretzko. It was not a Gretzko. Definitely not a Gretzko. Oh, no. um, but hi, highly, highly recommend it. It's just like a, a general mystery thriller sort of show as well. That's a wrap for our, our grand re-debut after our, our liatus. Is that the word we came up with? Liatus? Maybe a slight liatus. Liatus, liatus, liatus. Something. Uh, we'll be back on our regular schedule going forward, most likely. But until then, thanks for tuning in. Keep watching anime, and we will see you next time. Ciao.